felt your presence here with us. Lord, as we go into your word, I ask that your presence will continually be with us in the name of Jesus. Let me not do anything in the flesh, that everything that you have asked me to speak, Lord, help me. Use me as your oracle to minister life to your children in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, that the words of today shall not stand against us, but they shall stand for us in the mighty name of Jesus. That, Lord, at the end of this message, chains will be broken. Burdens will be lifted. Captives will be set free. Joy will be released. Blessings will be released. And so shall it be in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, A big Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one line of scripture for you. Uh, to you, I beg your pardon. And then you may be seated. And that line of scripture is found in 1 Kings 18.39. And I'm going to ask you to please tarry with me by standing because that is our tradition in grace assembly. Now that one, that line of scripture that said 1 Kings 18.39. Chapter 18 verse 39. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, now, when... All the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And now, when the people saw it, all the people, not some, not half, not quarter, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. They said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Now, this is the story of the Israelites. And we'll come back to it in a bit. They had seen the miracles coming out of Egypt. But something still happened that made all the people who had seen the miracle of the ten plagues, that had seen the parting of the sea, that had seen Manna and quail in the desert still say that he is God. May you continually say that in your life in the name of Jesus. May you have cause to continually say that in your life in the name of Jesus. With that, I'm going to invite you to please sit. As we go take an expedition this morning into the mind of God. As he has laid it onto my heart and has asked me to share it with you. Let me start by saying... Wherever you are, you are in some battle. In whatever state, in whatever country, as long as you are alive and you are a Christian, you are in some battle or the other. Somebody is in a battle for health. Somebody is in a battle for breakthrough. Somebody is in a battle of barrenness. Some of us are in the battle of indebtedness. Some of us are in the battle of unhappiness. Some of us are in the battle of correcting the bad decisions we took. Whichever way, as you are a Christian, you are in some battle or the other. Let me start with that. And anybody who disagrees with me is free to raise his or her hand and say, guess what? I am battle free. Is there somebody who is battle free here? 
So we can say the grace for you and you can go home. But I'm in a battle. You are in a battle. But God has asked me to come this morning and tell you that despite the battle that you are in, I am still God. Despite your problems that seem to want to overwhelm you, that I have an assurance for you that I am still on the throne. And with me, nothing is impossible. I don't know what you're going through. I know what I'm going through. I know the challenges that I have. As a matter of fact, when I seem to solve one, another shows up. Hello. Come on now, don't fob on me. Are you a Christian? Had you seen that one just when you seem to the whole of last year everything on lockdown complete lockdown businesses on lockdown finances on lockdown I belong I'm very active in my old students association and every year our anniversary we announced the number of people who passed. And one year, we had four people who passed from 2nd of February in a year to the 1st of February the next year. Ask me how many we announced this year. 42. From 4 to 42. Every day this week, there's been an announcement of an old student from my school, Igbobi College, that has died. 42. And I'm asking God, where are you? But he says, you mean despite 42 people dying, I'm still God. Despite the Naira now changing at 600 and maybe 60. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I started a, I started a transaction where I started a journey at 150 Naira to the pound. I started a journey. And I'm hope by the grace of God, I'm going to finish that journey very soon. You probably have an idea of what I'm talking about. It has escalated to 668 pounds. Two weeks ago, or a week ago, 300 students were adopted. And we thought that was the end. And then only a few days ago. You don't have an understanding. Some of us who do business internationally, they just don't want to talk to us because nobody wants to talk to Nigeria. Canada just issued a travel warning to all their citizens not to come to Nigeria. And they're asking for investment. Is that possible? The situation looks very dire. D-I-R-E. 
But despite it all, God has asked me to announce to you, Grace Assembly, and to those who are watching me at home or in the auditorium, that despite all these challenges, I still remain who? Let's go to our scripture. It says, when now, when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. Because of the reason of time, I'm not going to be able to read that scripture. But the background of it is that Israel had found itself in a very dire situation such as this. When people started looking for alternatives. Let me tell you, even you, somebody seated on your chair, you are looking for an alternative. Because somehow or the other, you think that God has forsaken you. And you are beginning to romance certain ideas that you ought not to have been romancing. You are beginning to visit certain places that you not ought not to be visiting. You are beginning to interact with certain people that you ought not to be interacting with. Yoruba put it like this, Aguton, Pardon me for those who do not speak Yoruba. It says that a sheep that moves with the dog, the wild dog, must eat excreta. And some of us are beginning to smell excreta. And we're thinking, hey, it may not be bad after all. Hey, come on now, be real with me. This morning, be real with me. Some of us are beginning. Some of us are beginning to phone people we should not have been phoning. Or we took off our phone. Now everyone is quiet. Some of us are beginning to compromise. Why are you looking at me now? Am I telling the truth? Some of us are beginning to compromise. And so that you don't feel so bad, I thought about it too. Because sometimes I'm thinking, God, are you still there? How many of us have asked that question lately? God, are you, can you still hear me? God, can you feel me? You said once I've spoken. Twice have you heard. I, God, are you hearing me? With 30 day fast, I participated. I prayed. I fasted. I gave arms. But somehow or the other, it doesn't look as if it's coming together. But say to yourself, my God is still my God. My God is still my God. So in, a, in, a, in our story, if you go back all the way, and like I said, I'm not going to go back there. This was a situation. Israel was beginning to compromise its faith. And many people were following Baal. To the extent that there were, I believe, 400 and 400 Baal prophets. 400 Baal prophets. In the land. In the land. You know, you, look, um, let me understand it. Let me put it like this. Eh? I was driving through somewhere in Okwebi and I saw a sign. Something Babalawo. You know, yeah, somewhere in Okwebi. I, I was coming to church on Sunday, so I took a shortcut and I saw a banner. Babalao. And I thought to myself, oh wow, that's funny. A Babalao advertising himself and it's not for my village. 
It's my village that I see advice of Babalaos. <laughs> in Lagos City, Ikeja, Metropolis, Babalao. So imagine if there were 400 signboards of Babalao. That's exactly what happened. In that time, there were 400 adverts of Babalao. So when you go on to Tony Street, Babalao here. When you go on to Allen Avenue, two Babalaos here. There were 400 of them. Now, let me tell you, how come there were 400 Baal prophets if people are not following Baal? Yeah, clap now. You can clap. You can clap. It means that they had merchandise. It means that they had markets. Man of God, one day we were driving and he said to me, Pastor Jones, you know, there are so many hotels around. I wonder how they make money. I said, man of God, God has not revealed that. <laughs> if there were people who were not um, uh, uh, what, patronizing the Baal prophets, they would not have been there. Now, why? Because Israel was beginning to face a challenge. They were beginning to doubt whether God was God. And therefore, the forebiders, but thank God that in the midst of 400 bad prophets, there was one man of God. <laughs> Some people can't clap. I said there was one man of God. You know, what it says to you is that one, that thing they say, one with God is what? Majority. So bring your 400, I will bring my one. Now, let, let, let me take it further for you. My, let me take it further for you. That one man of God can be you sitting in your seat. Because we read it and we thought it should be Elijah. It can be me. The question here this morning, if there are 400 bar prophets, can you stand one for the word of God? And we're going to carry out a test this morning. I'm going to give you the Rotary people have what they call the four-way test. I'm going to give you four ways to determine whether you can be that one prophet that can stand against four brothers. Now, quickly, again, so that's the story. So Elijah said, if we're going to serve God, let us serve God. Let us put this to test. And therefore, bring, uh, bring bulls, put it on the fire, and then pray that the God of fire, your God, pray to your God, to bring fire. And then I will pray to my God. Like I said, for reason of time, I'm not reading it. When you get back home, read it. And I'm sure some of, most of you are familiar with the scripture. So what did the Baal prophets do? They put it there. And they prayed. The Bible says they were jumping. They were jumping. Say from till the sun came down. Till the time of uh, prayer of sacrifice. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. They were cutting themselves. Thank you, my sister. They were cutting themselves. But nothing happened. Then it was now Elijah's time. And what did he do? He said, <laughs> you know, last week I was talking about the fact, or I think it was on Friday, that your reasoning, the reasoning of a man is not the reasoning of God. So, Elijah said, first and foremost, put 
if you read the scripture very well, he said, he now rebuilds the altar. He said he first rebuilds the altar. When you rebuild an altar, what does altar represent? It represents worship. When you come here, this is our altar. Have you found, have you seen anybody playing ball on this place? Have you seen anybody playing tennis here? When you come here, what do you do? You pray. You come, you come down, you come down. So some of us, we first must build the altar even in our hearts. You, 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 you must rebuild the altar in your heart. You know, the altar is where you connect with God. So, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Yes, we have a physical altar, but the altar starts from your heart. So, first rebuild. Then what did he do? He said, pour water. Are you there? If you can just be scrolling through that scripture, I don't want to go through it for time. He said, pour water. The first time, they poured water. The second time, they poured water. He said, do it a third time. Three. What is the number of three? Trinity. <laughs> and he said, pour it the third time. And the Bible says, records. That at this time, if you can give me that part of the scripture, it says that, and Elijah called on God. Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. I'm reading verse 34. And he said, do it the third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He also filled the trench with water. Please go forward. And as it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God of my battle. You are the God of the situation I am facing. You are the God of my depression. You are the God of my poverty. You are the God of my success. You are the God of my breakthrough. You are the God that can lift it up. That you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Another preach for now. Hear me, oh God, oh Lord. Hear me that the people who are sitting here and who are listening to me at home may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Man of God, you are in the spirit. That you said by this service, some things are going to happen so that People who are doubting whether God has called us here. People who are doubting the origin of this congregation. People who are saying maybe we do not know what we are doing. By the mercies of God, that something will happen. That those who have turned their hearts, that, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. That somebody seated here under the sound of my voice that is already beginning to compromise thinking of compromising has already compromised you will turn their hearts in fact you will turn our hearts back to you again so what happened give me 38 
says, then what happened? Ha. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones, including the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trap. <laughs> now, let, 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 me, let, me, let me show you like this. The wood represents unhappiness. It was licked up. <laughs> the stone represents barrenness. It was licked up. <laughs> the dust represents sickness. <laughs> and water. What does water represent? Eh? Give me one. Tears. You know what? Whatever you are going through, you can replace it with those four things. That when the fire fell from heaven, it leaked everything. Then what happened? What happened? Give me 39. 39. Give me what happened. It's multimedia. Where are you? (laughs) But just bless the name of the Lord. Now, do you understand that scripture? When all, now when all the people saw it, including the prophets of Baal, the Babalawus, the believers, those who are still considering whether they should become Christians or not, those who are still doubting the word of God, those who are still struggling with salvation and righteousness, when all of them saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, is God. So, four way test for you. Let me end with that. How do we know that we are reaffirming that God is still God? God is still God in our situation. One, when we count it all joy. Anything that we are going through, we count it all joy. James 1 2 to 4 says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or in an encounter or trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance Okay. It says, let endurance, all right, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full pay and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects. Did you read that? That's in the Amplified. It said, with no defects, lacking in what? Nothing. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. He said in 2 Corinthians 4.17, New King James Version, he said, For our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. May you, may you, may you celebrate in glory in the name of Jesus. 
I said in the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10 says that, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power of God and not us. We are hard pressed on every side. Yet not crushed. We are perplexed. But we are not in despair. No matter the news, we are not in despair. We may be perplexed. We may be pressed on every side. But people of God, we are not in despair. We are prosecuted. But we are never forsaken. Because God can never forsake you. We may have been struck down. But we have not been destroyed. Always carrying around. About in the body. About in the body of in, in the body, the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Number one test. Number Now, this we are in a year of total dependence on God. And I want you to completely give yourself to God. Bible says, Philippians 1.21 says, for me, to, for me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Number two, how far will you go for God? How far will you go for God? At the first test, at the first challenge, will you turn back like Peter? Let me read for you Daniel 3, 16, 18. I love this. It said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, in Yoruba land, you know they were saying before, O oh, king. Now they said, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar. What does that mean? You are equating yourself to God. So you do not deserve your excellency anymore. There are some governors in this country. We shouldn't be using your excellency for them again. Yes, if they arrest me, it's possible. There are people in this country. We shouldn't be using honorable for them again. Yeah? Yeah. We shouldn't be, we should call them by name. Oh, let me not call. <laughs> it says, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, you, oh. But maybe let's respect your call. Then this time they say, oh king. Mm. But if not, just in case, if not, let it be known to you, oh king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. No compromise. No retreat, no surrender. No way. Hello? How far are you ready to go for God? Some of us must do sorrows okay for God. Hallelujah. Let me quickly finish. Now, the third thing. It tells me in Hebrew. 13.8. He says, 
No, let me, let me, let me first read to you. John 19. John 4, I beg your pardon. 19 to 24. The woman said to him, the third thing you must do is that you must radicalize your worship. You must totally radicalize your worship. Excavate, um, the man of God came here last week and talked to us about the glory. Whereby somebody took her hair and used it to wipe. Some of, let me not go there. Brazilian hair, we can't even use to wipe. <laughs> not our hair, Brazilian hair. We can't use to wipe. Then this woman took her hair and used it to wipe. If I ask somebody here, I'm not looking at this side, to use that hair to help me polish my shoe, she would doubt my calling. <laughs> you know, before she would call me pastor, she would say, Oh, why do you? <laughs> he says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you just said that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship by tradition. Then Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain or even in Jerusalem that was written in the Old Testament worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper the true one, inspired worshiper. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You know what that is? For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It means that everything that you have the totality of your body. The totality of your possession. You hold nothing back. You must use it to worship God. If somebody said to me one day that I'll be here preaching, I'll say it's not true. Never. Me? Hey, mommy, go run. And talk about to calm down. I'm telling you, but anything that I have is for the worship of God completely everything and anything that you have. I hold nothing back. I'm not where I would like to be, but guess what? You know why? Because the more I journey with Christ, the more I realize that I have to give up more for him. Finally, number four, when exceptional things begin to happen to you, when unbelievable things begin to happen to you. Bible says here that when the people saw what happened in 1 Kings 18.39 there was no more argument. They fell and they worshipped God. So for you to reaffirm that God is still God you need to pray to God that there are certain unbelievable things that must happen to you. God must change the course of certain things in your life that would make people to fall. So therefore, it says, I shall announce to you in Isaiah 43, 19, it said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road for you in the wilderness and river in the desert. 
There's one tune that came to my mind. If you can help me, I don't know if you know some of you. Help is coming. Help is on his way. I said help is on his way. The army of God is coming for you. No matter the situation you are in. This hymn talks about comrades that they are on the way. I know it better in Yoruba. It says, Aegbeni, Ewasiaton Felele, Ogujesu, Ofere Deno, Afere Shegun, Dogimu, Emi. You are not coordinating for me. Let's take it from the beginning. Today is Pastor's Appreciation Day. Ironically, there's a correlation between today's word and today's activity. Because one is a word, the other one is an activity. And let me establish some spiritual context to what we're doing today. If you step in Hebrew 13, 7 to 8, and use the message Bible for me, Hebrew, 7, Hebrew 13, 7 to 8. It says, appreciate your pastoral leaders who give you word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through all. Verse 8, right? Is that there? For what? Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow is totally himself. I'm done.